We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? I have lost my voice, Nick. This Kyrie Irving saga has brought me to this point, but he's staying. Yeah, we don't know if Jack lost his voice because Kyrie is coming back or because of something else. You know, uh, just a lot going on. But shout out, Jack, for being here with no voice. Unconfirmed reports. Woj and Shams will be dropping the bomb later on. Yeah, uh, but as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. And what we're talking about, obviously, Shams just tweeted about 30 minutes ago, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is opting into his player option for the 2022-23 season. The Athletic has learned. Irving is bypassing on multiple opt-in and trade scenarios to fulfill his four-year commitment to the Nets and Kevin Durant. And after what has happened today and what has happened over the course of the last week, this was still somewhat shocking. Obviously, we always knew there was a potential of Kyrie returning to the Nets, but for it to happen today, after we got the report from Christian Winfield this morning that Kyrie had received permission from the Nets to seek sign-and-trade scenarios, and this to happen essentially you know, less than 12 hours later is crazy. Look, it's legitimately insane, Nick, because I woke up at about 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Melbourne, and you were like, are oh, you ready to record a bit more? Like, you know, there's some Woj stuff. There's some, you know, not much sham stuff. There's a Christian Winfield piece. There's there's Brian Windhorst was speaking about some stuff. And I'm like, look, man, just get someone else because it, it, it looks like the same thing to me. And I appreciate everything that you do in terms of giving me, like, the running update of what's going on while I'm asleep down in the Southern Hemisphere. But I was just like, this is just going to lead to a possible departure. Like, we've got, you know, even stronger reports about, you know, Kyrie Irving going to the Lakers. You know, we heard here from Shams that, you know, he was thinking about opt-in and trade scenarios, all this sort of leveraging. We heard Kyrie Irving himself, you know, speak on a, on the, on a Los Angeles red carpet at some event. And he's just like, you know, handballing it to, to the person that he was with. I can't remember who, who was actually, was that his agent? Was that his stepmother? I'm unsure. I'm unsure. Some people said it was, but obviously I don't know her well enough to identify her in a video. Yeah, exactly. And But then he did respond in the comments sort of saying like, you know, more will come out. And he's come out himself, Kyrie Irving, with his usual sort of fun cryptic tweets and gifts and all those sort of things. And also in response, Shams Harania, to that tweet that you mentioned, Kyrie Irving, and this is from him directly, apparently, normal people keep the world going. 
but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. A11 even. Never change, Kai. I mean, change <laughs> a little bit. But let's play. Let's play 65, 70 games. But man, it's just it's just so Kyrie. And we've spoken about in the reports, Nick, and you've tweeted out things. I've tweeted out things that. When it's coming from Shams, it's more that that's the, that was the public leveraging play that we saw. You know, he's like, "Nah, I'm leaving." Kevin Durant's going as well, and all that was coming from Shams. And Woj was getting stuff from a little bit of here and there, but clearly, Shams is just waiting around. He's just like, "All right, I know Kyrie is probably going to opt in at, at like by six, seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time uh, in the US." But the fact that it all came to this, and the fact that we were going to record, or you were going to record with Justin, or you know, we're going to find someone else. And I'm like, I got to record for this one. I need to record for this one. And it's just, Sean Marks won. Did Sean Marks win, Nick? Did did Joe Sy win? Is this a, a win for the front office? Do I need to be eating that famous humble pie that I've mentioned on 85 million different pods when it relates to Ben Simmons and, and other people? I mean, they won in the short term. And then in the near future, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will be on the Brooklyn Nets next season alongside Ben Simmons, at least as of right now. And they will, at the very least, have the potential to win a championship depending on what they do with the rest of the move. So in the short term, this is a win for Sean Marks and Joe Sy to get him back on a contract they want and to still maintain, I guess, a form of leverage in terms of offering him that full max maybe next offseason. But where the Nets could have lost or still can lose is the damage in the relationships with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, because I don't think everything that was reported over the course of the last two weeks was fake. You know, obviously we had the reports of Kevin Durant not being happy with the front office and obviously Kyrie not happy about the contract extensions they're offering. So if the season goes poorly this year and Kyrie is an unrestricted free agent next year, there's a chance that this could still go sour in a year. But for right now, it's a win for the Nets and they hold that window open a little bit longer at the very least. Yeah, and look, the the window is next year, and this now allows the, the Nets to go after John Collins or, or whoever else it might be, PJ Washington, and align their focus with building the team around these two superstars. And I think the wording of that Shams tweeting, obviously the multiple you know, opt-in and trade scenarios is, is a key takeaway point, but Kyrie Irving reaffirming his commitment to Kevin Durant and the Nets, yep. it just shows you that these these guys are, are in it until the day that they die, until so they can hoop no more. And if that's in Brooklyn, if that's wherever else, you know, I think these guys are intrinsically tied. And, you know, we heard plenty of superlatives, plenty of adjectives to describe, you know, acrimonious situations and all these sort of things. And, you know, Logan Murdoch, who's a, a really close reporter when it comes to Kevin Durant stuff, you know, saying some interesting things on on the Void podcast with Kevin O'Connor. But he also did say that Kevin Durant was was really happy and, and comfortable living in New York. So, and Kevin Durant himself on the Etcetera's podcast. It's hard to keep up with it all, Nick. You know, I always have like a running Google Doc after our last episode. But this morning, I'd add like 4 million different tweets to what you sent me through. I'll have to scroll through and take a look at some of them because it's just where we've gone from in the space of four, five days, it feels like a week, has been a roller coaster of the most epic proportions. Like, uh, it's been hard to hold on. It's been hard to hold on. Yeah, I agree, Jack. Obviously, there is a ton of going on, a ton of reporting from both sides. It's felt like obviously a public negotiation with haymakers essentially going back and forth, you know, threats that, you know, he's willing to sign the taxpayer mid-level exception with the Lakers or the Nets are willing to let KD and Kyrie both go. That was a report we got today from Brian Windhorst that the Nets understand what they're doing and they would rather lose KD and Kyrie than deal with another season like last year. That was 
essentially paraphrasing what Brian Windhorst said in a report on ESPN today. So there was major leverage standing points today for both sides. And for them to get to this point, obviously the fans are ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. We get to watch Katie and Kyrie play for the Nets at the very least for one more year with hopefully Ben Simmons healthy and have a real chance to compete for a championship. And like you said, you know, I think this kind of puts more pressure on Sean Marks and the Nets to go all in for this season. And potentially, you know, make that big trade or make multiple big trades to add great role players for this team to truly be, you know, the best in the league. And obviously winning cures all the Nets win a championship. A lot of the drama from this offseason is forgotten and guys are more than happy to sign long term extensions and teams are more than happy to offer them. You know, we kind of hinted at this earlier and the Nets had you know, had a better postseason, we might not even have these stale negotiations. But given how everything went last year, I'm sure Joe Sy and the front office and the Nets just felt like they weren't sure they wanted to get into this again. So another test run, another opportunity for a championship run with this team, at the very least as a fan who thought this window was going to be closed and closed for a long time to see it open still for one more year is very exciting. That's all that matters, Nick. You know, that's all that matters. You know, we've spoken about, you know, Josiah's religion of winning or whatever. And, and I guess, you know, it's uh, a, a, at least a conditional religion of winning for the next season. And we'll see how, how far it extends beyond that. I think this is interesting um, from Safia on Twitter. She's a, a nice follower on, on NetSwitter. She's what um, she sort of compared the the statements from Woj and Shams. So Woj said, without the ability to find a sign and trade deal, whereas Shams said Irving is bypassing on multiple opt-in and trade scenarios. So it's just like, what is real? What is true? Who do we believe there? Now Woj is is incredibly legitimate, as is Shams. I don't think it really matters, but it's obviously clear. You know, as I put out on on a tweet a, a couple of days ago, that if you're getting news from Woj and it pertains to the Nets, it's Sean Marks. If you're getting news from Shams and the Nets, it's usually the players, it's the agents, it's Kyrie, it's KD, etc. Yeah, I mean, that's simply it, Jack. Obviously, Kyrie put the spin. He doesn't want it to seem like he was desperate and needed to come back to the Nets. And the Nets wanted to seem like they were right all along with not offering the deal because the market wasn't really there. And I'll say this, you know, there, there could have been potential offers out there for Kyrie, but still probably nothing he truly liked in terms of the situation or the contract. So he understood probably the best bet for him would be taking this deal and then having the opportunity to play with KD one year and also upping his value back to what it probably should be if he's fully healthy and playing. You know, if Kyrie plays 60, 65 games and plays like he has the last two seasons, he'll easily get a max contract from numerous teams. And it'd be in a situation even where teams would be willing to give up assets a clear space to sign him. This point in time, the way the last two seasons have gone for Kyrie, his value just truly wasn't that high because of all of the baggage in which it comes with. His play on the court has been great, but it's all the other things. And obviously the Nets felt that way. And other teams across the league most likely felt that way. No, it's 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 completely true. And look, I think, I'm not sure how true this is. You're always, I'm trying to be a bit better at, at the salary cap stuff and the contract negotiations and the sort of money here and there. Is it true that, that the Nets were and are the only team that can give Kyrie a five-year, $245.6 million max contract? Do you think that that could have played any sort of part into Because can't Kevin Durant renegotiate in a, in a year or two as well with the Nets and, and get some extra money on top of his deal, which I think ends in 25-26 or 26-27? So do you think that, one, the commitment to Kevin Durant here is, is, is obvious the Nets, I think, lesser so, even though I think Kyrie Irving loves being in Brooklyn, and it still is where he wants to be, as we've heard from him numerous, numerous times. 
it, it, it does money play a part here for Kyrie? Because you know, he, what was it all a, a, a bluff? The the Los Angeles Lakers stuff that we got a lot of, and I think I'm not sure if Kyrie is still a part of the Players Association, but how would that reflect on him? Or no, I think it might be CJ McCollum these days. I think it might have been a couple of years ago. Kyrie I think Kyrie still plays a role there, though. I don't think he's as high. I think he might be vice president or something like a, a higher up in the Players Association. But like you said, Jack, it is true that he could only sign a re-sign with the Nets for a five-year deal. Every other team would only be willing to uh, uh, capable of offering him a four-year deal. So that plays a role in it. Um, obviously, you also can get bigger raises from your own team as well within that contract. So if money was part of the idea, then definitely staying with the Nets opens up that opens up the biggest possibility. And like you said, the Nets could always add a year on to Kevin Durant's deal if they wanted to do that as well. So it definitely could play a role. I'm not sure how much of a role it plays for Kyrie. Obviously, it played some level because we know that he wanted a long-term extension or a long-term contract and obviously never received that. So I think that would be the goal for this season would be, hey, I'm going to go out there, prove who I am as a player. I am one of the best you know, 15 guys in the NBA. And next year, I'm going to go get that full max contract, either from the Nets or from somebody else, because I'm going to let it be known that there is no chance I'm not getting a deal like that. No, and and look, I, I doubt like if Kyrie Irving has an All NBA season and a 50-40-90 season, he can get that. But I think it's going to be about how many games he plays alongside with that. Like, can he have a Kevin Durant like season, make All NBA second team of fifty-five games? Maybe, but you know, there's some great guards in this league that are coming up. I think Not he'll be extremely game. motivated this season. I mean, it, it's going to mean money for him, and it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how that motivation does it align individually does it align with the organization is it just about him and katie having fun is it about him and katie doing something special is it about doing something special for the fans the brooklyn Nets franchise it's it's an interesting one Nick. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick, what are you? Uh, I haven't asked you this. What are your overall impressions of Kyrie Irving opting in? Like, in terms of different scenarios that we've had along the way, we could have had Kyrie Irving opting into a two-year deal for eighty-four million dollars. I wanted Kyrie Irving to sign the four years, and then and the, and the front office and ownership to sign him to four years to just align with Kim and Durant and have this be done with. But this seems to me it's going to be prolonging the chaos in in, in some sort of weird way. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I think it will likely revisit this next summer. It's probably going to be a very similar scenario. Obviously, there'll be no player option next summer, but you know the Nets are going to have the opportunity to re-sign him if he wants to stay, and he'll have the opportunity to look for new places depending how it goes. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm surprised in the sense of I always thought if Kyrie was coming back, it'd probably be for at least a two-year deal. You know, maybe add one to his current plan. Uh, opt-in option or you know opt out and sign a brand new two-year deal the fact that it's just opting in and staying with the nets for one is a little surprising and obviously that's what the nets have wanted the whole time and that was the initial um, offer they made to him to start this process and we both thought it was a little bit sour given you know obviously his play and what type of impact that could have on the relationship so definitely surprised i always kind of thought if it was an opt-in and there was no extension that the trade scenario seemed more likely, but here we are. Here we are, Nick. Who would have thought? You know, it's the uh, Paul Rudd, you know, hot ones meme. I want to ask you about a report earlier today, Nick, that you shared with me via Brian Windhorse, and whether this could we sort of discuss things about you know what is the relationship like now with our superstars and the franchise overall, because has 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 the damage been irreparable? Is it are we too far gone? And Brian Windhorse, you know, you tweeted out the video and a lot of other people aggregated it. The Nets are prepared to lose both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant per Windhorse ESPN. Brooklyn would rather lose both stars than, quote, go through what they went through last season. If I was awake when that that was tweeted out, Nick, or you tweeted out your video, I wouldn't have any more hair and I wouldn't be recording this podcast or I'd need <laughs> some sort of, you know, the, the, the voice assisting machine because... I would be irate. I don't know. That just seems, it, it, I, I just, I, I can't comprehend that report. Yeah, I think um, an earlier portion of that clip that was later put on Twitter, and Brian Winhorst pretty much said, this is a grade A stare down between the Nets and Kyrie Irving. So essentially, it was a threat that the Nets were making and the same thing in which Kyrie was doing in return. We don't know how empty either of these threats were. Obviously, Kyrie did end up coming back, so the Nets do, quote-unquote, feel like they won a little bit. But we don't know if they would have ever allowed it to get to that point. But publicly allowing that information to get out is incredible in terms of a negative way. Just like I, I could never imagine wanting to release a report like that and saying you're willing to let Kevin Durant go and taking the the potential opportunity to offend him, given he's not fully tied to Kyrie Irving. There was always a chance that if Kyrie left, that he could stay, especially if you were able to put the right parts around him. So the the management of this whole situation still hasn't been pretty from the net side especially in, in the way in which they treat players so a lot of a lot of things to think about for Kyrie and Katie and even future players and obviously we got the reports too from Brian Winhorse that this was Joe Sy led 
And obviously we've heard in the past that teams uh, that players avoid certain teams because of ownership. So Josiah needs to be careful in the way in which he treats players and he releases reports because it, it might rub somebody the wrong way in the future or a potential acquisition might just say no. So again, the way that it was handled in a lot of different avenues wasn't great. Yeah, there was some some good things. and Nets ended up getting their, the deal that they wanted in this situation. But still, a, a lot of things could have been handled better, in my opinion. Look, this is via Nets. They obviously dropped a piece, a, a little bit of aggregating, a little bit of opinion stuff. But they ended the piece saying, said one Nets insider Kyrie blinked. So, look, if you're Sean Marks and you're Joe side behind the scenes, I guarantee you, they're doing high fives, Nick. They're, they're loving this because we we heard the report of Christian Whitfield just a couple of days ago about the desire for Kyrie Irving to opt in and prove his desire, prove yeah. his commitment to the franchise. They got exactly that in the end. Yeah, I mean, it really is. They really did. Like you said, Jack, it was in the report. And like we said, that was not the ideal way to start this type of negotiation with a player of Kyrie's caliber. And it ended up paying off, at least, again, in the short term. We don't know what type of long-term impact this will have on the Nets and the franchise and the relationship with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and other stars. But for next season, there's still a real opportunity for them to compete for a championship, especially if they're able to add a couple pieces around the edges. Look, I've got a couple of tweets to throw at you, Nick, sort of just some opinion stuff and, and all these different sort of things. Um, Brian Lewis, have you alluded to the Brian Lewis tweet yet, mate? No, I have not. He quote tweeted a Sham Sarania, Irving can find any sign and trade scenarios that work for he and the Nets. That has brought him back to Brooklyn as they prepare to run it back for at least another year. One presumably with a healthy Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Joe Harris. Interestingly, mentioning Joe Harris there, which is just like shows that this is from Sean Marks and Joe Sire in a goddamn heartbeat. But in saying that, look, Brian Lewis is, is a pretty switched on reporter when it comes to you know the Brooklyn Nets brass. I look. He gets uh, the Joe Sy leaks like you've pointed out in the past, Jack, and that's pretty clear. And I think, like you said, it's pretty. It is something that they did mention. You know, Joe Harris in there too. Yeah, like Like for me, it was like the how you know Kyrie Irving mentioned the commitment to Kevin Durant and the Nets. Yep. I think that this you've sort of mentioned before about wording of tweets, wording of reports. Don't you know, comprehend what's being given to you. You don't need to look between, you know, read between the lines or, you know, look for, for the smoke screens or whatever. It's being told to you. Now, I think I want to end the podcast speaking about, you know, Joe Harris and a possible John Collins trade scenario and whether you would do that. And we might chat about that tomorrow. Um, hopefully we'll still have a guest popping on. But in I want to ask you a couple of questions in relation to Sean Marks and, and the franchise, Nick, and just general questions as well. Um, Eric Slater wrote this. There's been an insane amount of Sean Marks slander on the timeline the last few days. I'm probably responsible for about 85% of that. <laughs> uh, I did not expect to see those same people give Marks credit for standing his ground and making the tough, calculated, and correct decisions. Now, I, I, I know this is obviously directed at Nets fans in general. We, in general, have given Sean Marks a lot of credit over the years. If he can somehow turn this thing all around, get a PJ Washington, a John Collins get a Daniel House or re-sign Goran Dragic, and we have a genuine championship contender heading into next season, all is forgiven. Winning cures all, as they say. But where do you stand with Sean Marks and Joe Sy right now, Nick, as, as just a fan and as a, as a podcaster? 
I'm personally not a huge fan of this public stuff. Maybe this was still more Kyrie driven that it got to this point. But I think, again, like I kind of mentioned, is like this could have a negative impact on how other players view the Nets organization. I think, you know, different people from Nets media put out things and just how it's just not a great look regardless, like how everything has kind of gone down and the fact that it's gotten so public. And it could have been a lot of Joe side driven. But obviously, Sean Marks, I think, made some mistakes in the way, especially like targeting Kyrie a little bit in, you know, some of his press conferences and interviews and things like that. So we obviously only know what is given to us in terms of information. So it's really hard to say, you know, all the details. But again, you know, I think they uh, I'll keep saying the same thing. They won on the short term, but in the long term, we still haven't really seen the results, especially if they don't win a championship. If they win a championship, then honestly, nothing really matters. One championship and 10 more losing seasons. I could really care less. Uh, Give me the championship and that and I'll be happy for probably the rest of my fandom winning cures all nick but you know the the cure is the the hardest thing to attain yep. because the the nba is as stacked as ever and sean marks now has the spotlight on him for an even greater extent at least from nets fans you know the spotlight wasn't isn't going to be on him because of this Kyrie irving stuff anymore but we as Nets fans are going to be like, okay, are you going to get us Paul Millsap and James Johnson in the offseason again? Or are you going to legitimately add to our rotation? Because that is somewhere. Are you going to get a heap of 6-3 guys again? Or are you going to be willing to make a tough move? And despite what Brian Lewis said, trade Joe Harris for an upgraded piece like what we could have wanted in a Jeremy Grant or John Collins, who I think is an upgraded piece. I think he's a better player. And I also do think he's a better fit next to Ben Simmons, uh, Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant also said some really nice things about it. Again, it's going to be fun to chat about that sort of stuff going forward rather than this incessant Kyrie stuff. In terms of uh, Brooklyn Nets 85, put uh, put this out as well, Nick. Becoming obvious to me, while many are at fault, the owner is the biggest issue in the organization right now. I think my frustration, voice losingness is a lot of it has come from, you know, the, the head of our organization, Joe Sy, the one that cuts the checks. Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on, Jack. You know, Joe Sy is the guy that has led this. And like I said, it was reported by Brian Windhorst today and just a lot of the moves and the posturing you could kind of sense was from a billionaire owner rather than, you know, the front office general manager, because uh, like many people pointed out, like Sean Marks probably wouldn't want to lose Kyrie and KD and James Harden the same, you know, six or eight month span and never get another front office job or not get one for another 10 years. So I think there's definitely still question in terms of Josiah and there's a reason to be concerned. And obviously one way he could help relieve some of that concern is, you know, making those trades you talked about and using those trade exceptions and paying more in the luxury tax. So we'll see what the rest of the moves are and what type of decisions he's making moving forward and how he's, you know, helping this team win basketball games games because supposedly that's his religion via bob sacramento on twitter nick get on twitter oh yeah i know who that is um in terms <laughs> of this is sort of going back to some Kyrie irving stuff he said i just can't believe more fans aren't upset with Kyrie. he's willing to take a 30 million dollar pay cut and destroy what him and kevin have come to do because he's not getting exactly what he wants and what the nba has told him loud and clear that he doesn't deserve it's lunacy should we be angrier with Kyrie irving nick I think if he actually went and signed with the Lakers for that taxpayer mid-level exception, sure, definitely be mad because I think that would just be kind of being spiteful rather than, you know, taking the $37 million for one year. It's just, hey, I'm leaving, taking a $30 million pay cut and going to L.A. because I don't want to play there anymore and I don't want to be with you. But given the bluff and how everything played out, it's hard for him to be 
that upset. It's just the fact that it became so public. You know, you usually see a lot of this leveraging stuff happen behind the scenes. So it's fair for fans to be upset. But at the same time, Kyrie has to do what's best for him. And obviously getting a long-term contract was in his best interest. And he wasn't able to do that, but potentially we'll be able to do that next year. Yeah, and the Nets have to do what's best for them. So there has, from me, while I still remain incredibly skeptical of Josiah Sean Marks, incredibly frustrated by Josiah and Sean Marks, I have to respect the level of steadfastness and the fact that they got what they want. Now, do I agree with it? No. My idea would have been giving Kyrie Irving the four years and aligning it up with Kevin Durant. So then we have an extended window. And in 12 months' time, we aren't discussing this and I'm losing my voice for the second time. It would be frustrating, but who knows what can happen. We could get a, a championship sort of roster and I don't care. And I'll be praising the religion that Josiah has and Sean Marks and calling him a wizard yet again, like I did you know, many Thanksgivings ago. So look, I, I, I hear what you're saying as well. I think there there can be an element of frustration to sort of Kyrie Irving, but this is public negotiating, and it's just like I don't think you can be totally one way or the other. I think that both of us, I don't, I don't mean to speak for you, have been probably stronger in Kyrie's camp just purely because of what it means, and I think generally I side with the players more than I do with ownerships and the organization, and Kyrie Irving is still a Brooklyn Nets player um, despite, you know, at least for one more season. So I, I get, I'm trying to sort of get the level of objectivity here and maybe the fact that I've lost my voice a little bit helps me sort of, you know, not go overboard and crazy and rambly on, on both sides of the, of the dice. But ultimately I'm still slightly leaning towards, you know, Kyrie Irving's camp. I, I agree that negotiating tactics from both parties were wild and salacious at times, but ultimately the winners, if you're going to do like a, a whole winners and losers pod, or you're going to do something like Bill Simmons would do, or your Stephen A. Smith first takey sort of stuff, Josiah and Sean Marks quote unquote won because as we reported, Nick, and I'll repeat it because I think it's the most important thing, they wanted this. Yeah. I don't think Kyrie Irving wanted this. Kyrie Irving wanted five years an extension of that ilk, you know, to make him a very wealthy man and time to the Nets franchise for a very, very long time. You know, the Nets, the only public leaking we got of their their contract's willingness was for two years. And you and I were surprised at that. We're like, well, why haven't we had a, a, a three-year? Like, it just meant somewhere in between. But ultimately, Sean Marks and Joe Sy's negotiating tactics have worked in, in their favor. Is it going to work in the, the favor of the team overall? And in their, their, their quest to become a, 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 an NBA champion, time will tell. Yeah, and I think there's a couple more winners. Nets fans being the biggest winner of the day. You know, obviously, we get to watch a great product. Um, I think Kevin Durant is a winner in a sense, too, that he doesn't have to leave and go to another situation and deal with all of that drama. And he is allowed to stay in Brooklyn. Obviously, a lot of things are going well for him off the court in Brooklyn. And then I think Ben Simmons is also a winner here, too, because he still can come in and be that third option and really excel in his role. And then all the other role players in Brooklyn that are going to stay there long term, I think it's a win. So uh, a lot of a lot of things to be happy about for the next you know 12 months. And then when we get back to this point, we'll see how everything kind of broke down and if the Nets are able to lock this up into a long-term deal and like you talked about Jack extending that window with KD and Kyrie and potentially Ben Simmons multiple years and having the opportunity to potentially win multiple championships so a lot of good can come from what happened today obviously there's still some bad that can happen can come from it as well but overall I think it's a very happy day for Nets fans 
they're happy-ish. They're, they're, there isn't a, the, the same elation of, you know, signing Kim Adrian and Kyrie Irving. The fact I should the say a big day. relief. Yeah, I think relief is probably the overwhelming feeling that I have as well. Um, and look, uh, it's it still tinged with, you know, positivity and happiness, but also tinged with skepticism and wariness going forward. I'm going to be all in on this team for this season. But am I going to be all out on this team? Obviously not all out. I'm never going to be all out on the Brooklyn Nets. But am I going to have the same disdain for Sean Marks and Joe's side that I had just three, four, five days ago and that level of frustration? Am I going to have that in a couple of days' time because Sean Marks fails to make any upgrades to this roster? Joe's side doesn't use you know the, the options that he has to upgrade this franchise in terms of you know, TPEs and, and trade exceptions and the rest of it. It could happen, Nick, because it does... This now, though it shouldn't because Kyrie having opting in for one year means, okay, I'm sure Josiah isn't tied to ex- an extensive financial extensive financial burdens for years to come. He should be willing to do everything this season. And if he doesn't, again, the religion of winning ain't true. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's fair to apply pressure on Sai and Marks to make those moves and upgrade. And I also think next year's negotiation can be a completely different scenario because if Kyrie comes in and plays 65 games at the level in which he's played the last two seasons, there is absolutely no reason not to offer him that max contract moving forward. This is quote unquote, and this is from the report you were talking about earlier uh, with the one year prove it and opting in for the deal. That's what the Nets want him to do. Prove it for a, le- a long term deal. And so the Nets got what they want now. If Kyrie comes through and plays well and plays, you know, a, a proper amount of games and doesn't have any off the court issues or anything like that, there's absolutely no reason to not offer him that deal next summer. So uh, the scenarios next year can be a completely different scenario, a different story, but we'll see where we're at. Yeah, look, we'll get to to trade more, to, to chat more about the trades and and all that different sort of fun stuff. So, and look, Kevin, I'm, the the thing I'm most excited about, Nick, is hopefully, you know, just knocking on wood and every other thing, fingers crossed, toes crossed, all the the sage in the world, that we get these guys healthy, yeah. 65, 70 games and an extended postseason. Because as I alluded to, when those guys were on the court together. They had a 125 offensive rating last season. 125. Now, the defense is where you add your a John Collins or a Miles Turner or, or whoever else it might be, and you trade maybe one or two of the, the guys that are under the height of you and I, you know, six foot three. But ultimately, Nick, we get to see two guys that we love. 7-Eleven is still open for business. Yeah, 7-Eleven is still open for business, and it's going to be fun. And obviously, this might be the biggest opportunity to see them play for an extended period. You know, if everyone is able to maintain health, and that is including Ben Simmons and, you know, Joe Harris or whoever else is on the roster. So, again, I'm relieved, but I'm also excited to be able to witness a new product next year that has some real potential. But, Jack, like you said, it's also awesome that a lot of the podcasts that we already recorded about, like, trade targets and offseason targets didn't go straight to the garbage. So make sure you check, (laughs) check those out still but jack anything else you want to thoughts, yeah yeah a couple more thoughts nick one Kyrie one and a, a couple of little mini trade ones that we can discuss very very smallly because we're going to be i got one two then if you were going to stay a little bit longer uh this is from our guy matt and aq sean marks is on a one-year deal too and i think that is a, that's a great point because i think 
that's the case. The pressure is on him to get this done and make sure this team has a real opportunity to compete and there's no roster issues. Last year had a whole bunch of issues with you know the mandate and James Harden and all that, but at the end of the day, the roster wasn't probably up to standards to win a championship. This year, there has to be no issues. There has to be a competent playoff roster where you know, Steve Nash has every opportunity to coach at a high level. Not to say that he has in the past, but you don't want to have an excuse for him. Sean Marks needs to do his job at a high level so everyone else can do their job at a high level. Absolutely. He needs to build the roster. He needs to make tough decisions. You know, he should have made a tough decision of letting go Steve Nash or at least a- applying some, you know, external pressure to him because, you know, he's got a way. Give him public Not- pressure. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just uh, I'm frustrated by that. A mode side of the park, I put out a decent tweet as well, Nick, in relation to Kyrie. You guys know that Kyrie could have wanted his money and to stay in Brooklyn at the same time, right? If he's worthy of a max, why wouldn't he try to get a max? But if he can't get the max and truly wants to stay in Brooklyn above all, he'll opt in no matter what. He was trying to, he was going to negotiate. Do you think that what Kyrie, Kyrie having opting in, Nick, reflects his desire to want to stay in Brooklyn long term and get the money from them and not elsewhere? Yeah, I think to an extent, I think he's always kind of made a point to say that he's wanted to stay with the Nets and play with Kevin Durant. That's probably been his preferred destination and preferred teammate, you know, but if he wasn't able to do that in the situation he wanted to, he was willing to go elsewhere and go to his second preferred destination or his second preferred teammate being, you know, LeBron James or something like that. So I think at the end of the day, he wanted to stay here, but he wasn't locked into being here. He would, if if someone else, if the Lakers were capable of offering him a max contract for the standards in which they can offer, I think he would have been willing to go there in that scenario. But given that that wasn't an opportunity, I think he realized that this net situation is truly where he wanted to be and he could potentially have that opportunity with the Nets next season. And I think at the end of the day, he's talked about wanting to be close to home, wanting to play for his hometown team, the team that he grew up watching, and also talking about wanting to play with Kevin Durant and his guy seven and their relationship and all that. So definitely played a crucial role in this whole whole scenario. Yeah, look, exactly. And then you know, we, we saw the other day when there were season ticket holder emails being sent out, Kyrie Irving wasn't on the, the, the press and you know, some people are saying, does Kyrie even really, you, some people are arguing the opposite. Kyrie doesn't want to be a net. He just wanted, he wanted the money and he just couldn't find it elsewhere. So <laughs> as, you alluded to, as you alluded to earlier in the pod, Nick, it's a, it's about if Kyrie Irving plays like we know he can play for an extended period this season, you know, 65 games plus, and has a 50-40-90 and all NBA caliber season, he's going to get that money, not just from the Brooklyn Nets, but probably from other suitors. And we could see Kyrie Irving on the way out, but Hopefully that isn't the case. Wanted to touch on, uh, if you had any final Kyrie thoughts, Nick, before, um, very, very mini trade chats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm always happy to have a trade chat. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about Kyrie more, and I'm sure we'll probably get more details over the course of the next couple of days. And there is still that slim chance that we could see a potential extension. Yeah, who knows? You know, it's been a crazy, crazy week in Nets world, that's to say the least. But it feels like we've said that 40 million times <clears> on the Brooklyn Buzz. Um, Legion Hoops, who I treat their reports with the strong elements of skepticism when it comes to their reporting, but they've been speaking a lot about the Brooklyn Nets, Nick, and the one that's pertains, I think, is probably the most interesting to talk about, and we'll just probably talk about it in in higher detail, is the Nets, Hornets, and Hawks have had preliminary talks on a three-team trade deal involving Joe Harris, John Collins, and James Booknight, and draft picks per league sources. You buy any of that, mate? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Legion sports stuff, obviously, you know, instead of like a grain of salt, it's like a packet of salt. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not really sure you, you can see something, but, you know, it's hard to say if there's really anything to that. We did have a report, I think, was it Sam Amick who reported earlier that the Nets had interest in John Collins? So maybe there's some pieces there and that's been a potential deal they've discussed. But it's hard to really say. And obviously, we know that the Hawks are busy on the front of DeJounte Murray. So they have moving pieces over there. And there's been a report that they have a deal almost in place for DeJounte Murray that doesn't include John Collins. So there definitely could be a separate trade on the horizon for them and potentially the Nets getting involved. Or there could be a lot of other potential trades. And I think um, there was a post on Nets Daily from Net Income saying that to to buckle up and expect trades and not on the Kyrie front. So there definitely could be some trades in the next 24 to 48 hours. Look, and we also heard from Legion Hoops as well. They said that the Pistons inquired about Cam Thomas, but I'm told that the Nets swayed the conversation away. I think without Jeremy Grant, there aren't really a heap of assets said that the Nets are going to want, but three team scenarios. And we have heard reporting about Cam Thomas and Joe Harris from Hoops Hype who generally do pretty credible reporting when it comes to a lot of the free agency and trade stuff. Look, whatever happens, Nick, the Nets need to get better now. We're yep. going to be talking about the fun stuff. The Nets need to get better around the rotation. They cannot remain steadfast. Keep Joe, keep Patty, keep Seth. We don't need three gunners from three, you know, two of them that are less than six foot three tall. Get rid of one of them. Get some sort of asset in return that is a, a, a guy that's above six foot six. Maybe it's John Collins, maybe it's Miles Turner or whatever. I'll be happy if there are upgrades made. And look, Nick, I'm I'm pretty high on John Collins as well. And I will also say I alluded to earlier, Kevin Durant has said that he's a, an amazing player as well. When he we've gone against the Atlanta Hawks, he said he's the best slip screener in the NBA. Credible athlete, I think would fit amazingly uh, next to, to Ben Simmons as well. But looking forward to maybe doing a deep dive into some YouTube stuff uh, as we talk more about it going forward. Yeah, 100%. You could definitely see the fit. Obviously, he has improved his three-point shot dramatically, is a great slipper, can finish inside, throw down some crazy dunks, provide some athleticism. Obviously, the biggest question with John Collins would be the defense. But again, we can jump into that a little bit deeper on another episode. Jack, appreciate you you know, fighting it out with that voice right there. And big shout out to everybody for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.